0: Good morning. Good, morning. Morning. good morning. morning. Much, much better. Noise. That's the title of the sermon. Noise with the question. You know, noise can be good. Noise can be bad. But I want to read a scripture where two different groups of people heard noise, and they responded differently. You know, I've heard so many people say this past week that God was in the house. God was in the house and His presence was here and we was uplifted to His name and we was praising Him. So this scripture comes to mind and we find it in Mark chapter 2 verse 1. And again, He entered into the after some days. And it was noise that He was in the house. Noise that He was in the house is so great and why is there noise that Jesus is in the house. Well, you may say, that means worship is taking place. And that's true. There that was noise, and you may say, miracles were being done. And that's true if you read the whole chapter. You may say that prayer was taking place also. And that's also true. But I want us to look at three things about this noise and about God being in the house. But before we go there, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. We love you, Lord. And Father, we thank you that you're in the house, that your presence is from corner to corner. Father, we thank you that you're also in the parking lot with those out there, Lord. We ask a blessing upon those cars and those people that are there, Lord, that you will fill those cars with your presence, that there may may be noise in those cars, and there may be noise in the church, but a good kind of noise, a noise that gives you praise, a noise that gives you honor. A noise that means worship. The Father, go with us into your word. For it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Jesus invites us into his house. You know, Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find it. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. In other words, God is saying, I'm in the house, and I invite you to come in. I'm in the house, and if you have a need, just not. Because if we look at the word not, it means to request. It means to desire something. Maybe this morning, you need to ask for forgiveness. If that's the case, Jesus says, come on in. I'm in the house. Maybe this morning, you need a friend to talk to. And Jesus says, I'm home. Knock and come on in. Maybe this morning you need to hear some chains falling because you heard there's power in the name. There's power in the name and you need to hear some chains falling in your life. Jesus says, knock and it will be given. Come on in. See, maybe this morning you need to encourage a word from someone that cares. And Jesus says, I'm in the house and I'm waiting. Come in. And what is so amazing when Jesus invites you into the house, he is inviting you into his household. He's inviting you into his household and to be part of that household. It tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. And this is so amazing because the word here is means not only the house and the dwelling, but also the household. It means those that have accepted Christ. Those that have knocked on the door and said, Jesus, I need forgiveness. Those that have knocked on the door and said, Jesus, I need the power that's in your name. Jesus says, come on in. Now you're part of my household. You're part of my family. And I love this word, no longer. Because it says you are no longer foreigners, and it brings attention to your new and changed status. Now you're no longer a sinner. In the sense of God, you're still a sinner. But God had washed you as a sinner. And now God is saying, Now you're part of my household. You're part of my family. And when God says you're part of his family, God wants to do things for you. He wants to bless you with his presence. He wants to be there when you go to the doctor's offices and you get bad news. But he also wants to be there when you fight something and you won. You became more than a conqueror. God said, it's my household. You are family with me. And you know, when we go through something, we want our family there. And God says, I want to be there with you because you're part of the household. I recently read a story about a door-to-door salesman. This door-to-door salesman was terrible. He could not sell a single thing. And he went door to door to door. And no one would buy anything. Every door he knocked on the same response. I don't want anything. But every day, day, he went to the same lady's house. Every single day for months. And every day she turned him away. Finally, he appeared on the doorsteps for the 100th time. And just to keep the man from coming back, the woman made a purchase. Man, she was relieved. I mean, he was relieved, and she was too.
1: She said, I finally got rid of
0: him. He thought, I finally sold something. Man, everybody was happy. Things was great. Well, the next day, the man went to the same woman again that just purchased one. And he rung her doorbell. And she asked, What are you doing here? The remain replied, Well, now that you're an established customer. That's what God wants in our lives. He wants us to be an established customer. God wants us to not only knock on His door just when we need Him, but knock on His door when we praise Him. He wants us to knock on His door when we uplift His name. God says that once we become part of His household, we are established customers customers. Or maybe we need to rephrase that. We are established relatives of His. We're members of His household. So you know now we're part of His household. And we're part of being an established customer with Him. So now let's look at the noise. Let's look at the noise that we've in Mark 2 verse 1. We're going to read it again.
1: And it says it was noise that
0: He was in the house. In other words, what it means is what was taking place on the inside was making a difference on the outside. Think about that. What was taking place on the inside of the house began to be talked about on the outside of the house. It was making a difference. And Jesus didn't create the noise, He was the cause of the noise. Think about it. He didn't create the noise. But he was the cause of the noise. But I want us to look at two different responses to the noise. There were some of those that wanted to know more about Jesus. Man, there was noise that they wanted to know. There were some of those that needed Jesus in their lives and they was there. It tells us they gathered in such a large number that there was no room left. Not even outside the door. And he preached the words to them. And it says, some men came bringing a paralyzed man carried by four of them, and they could not get to Jesus. So they made an opening in the roof, and I can imagine this thing. There's such noise and such things going on. They didn't even notice someone was being lowered from the roof.
1: In other words, they was
0: just looking at Jesus, just hearing his words, and they was taking it in. And here comes this person being lowered through the roof. And when Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. You know, that's the noise that the church should have. It should have the noise about Jesus and about salvation and about healing and about comfort. It should have those noises. But there's another noise that churches still have today and it's not a good one. But I cannot be totally honest with you unless I share this with you. It's a noise that so many churches has where it says, it's about me. And if we go to read the scripture, it says, now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking for, to themselves. Why did this fellow talk like that? He's blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God? In other words, there were some there that just wanted to praise God and just hear what He has to say. And then there's some over here that's saying, you know, here He is blasphemy. And we find that in our churches. We find that in our Christian world. I mean, think about it. you know what they call today? They call today, Bo Attended Sunday. because it's a Sunday after Easter. I think we had 378 in worship by Sunday man, we were praising God, we were lifting up. But where are they today? Where are they today? I told someone, we're going to have to start doing Easter in January, February, March, April, May, June, just keep going. Every month have an Easter. Every month have a sunrise. But here was these men, instead of making noise about who God was, it was making noise that was negative. They was making noise against the kingdom. And we see in Mark chapter 2, verse 8, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Instead of praising God for the healing of the man, instead of praising God for the salvation that this man received, they were more about themselves and I say this with all love, with all respect, church is not where you get a participation on the work of are Church is about God. I hear so many people, that church hurt my feelings. That church wouldn't let me do this. In other words, the noise is about what church wouldn't do. But you will get a participation award in life. It will be either with the kingdom and with God or it will be about hell with Satan. You will get a participation award. And it's going to be one of those two. But when I hear people, and I have heard people in this church and I know it's not you, I know there's some people that's going to be watching at the second service and I say it with love, I say it with respect. Put your boy pants on and says about him. Get over it. Get over it. Because when we start to get over the things that hinder us from worshiping God, we start to realize God is bigger than us. Get over it. See, church is the only place where people get offended and blame the church for not being. You know, I'm sure there's other things that gets us upset. And, you know, it makes us angry. But we keep going. I went to Dairy Queen. I ordered a medium blizzard. When they gave it to me, it wasn't going to the top. I'm being honest. It was about this far from the top. And I look over there, and here's another blizzard, and it's got where it's about to come over. I'm upset. that is your problem and not God's. You could fire me today. We have a dickies meeting. They could go in there and they could say, you know what? You shouldn't have did that because you could have hurt somebody's feelings. But you know what? If they fired me today, you'll see me next Sunday sitting out there worshiping God. And if I don't like this church, I got another one down the road. Don't make excuses for worshiping God and blame it on God's people or blame it on God. God is much bigger. Preacher, decoy, can't suddenly move on. and okay, as soon as we can grab that idea and hold it and apply it, we'll be much better off. You know, what is the life application of this? If Jesus is the cause of the noise, we have to ask ourselves, are we making enough noise? Are we making enough noise? The church has been quiet too long. The problems that we face is the church has been quiet. The problems that this country faces is the church has been quiet. And please don't come and tell me, oh, there's a separation of church and state. God's word says we should be involved. God's word says he can be involved if we allow. See, we have a movement in this world. Come out of the closet. But I tell you today, it's time for the church to come out of the closet. It's time for the church to stand up on what's right and what's wrong. It's time for the church to say, this is God's word and not mine, and you can't alter it. I love what Romans 1, 16 says. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. You can't be ashamed of the gospel. Because if you're ashamed of the gospel, you're never going to grasp the power of God. You can't have it. You can't be ashamed of the gospel here and say, God, I want your power here. It goes hand in hand. But I see so many churches They're ashamed of the gospel because they might offend someone. I see so many churches that say, well, you know, really, is this what Jesus meant? Yes, it is. Research, study it, apply it. I see so many churches that are happy that they were considered a baseball game and they hit a single. And we're like, we hit a single. I see so many churches that would be happy if we were a baseball game and we hit a double. We hit a double, that's great. I see so many churches that are happy if they hit a triple. And they say, Man, that was great. We hit a triple. But I have a big God. You have a big God. I say we need to start hitting home runs. We don't need to sell for singles. We don't need to settle for doubles, and we don't need to settle for triples. We have a God that gives us the ability to hit home runs. And think about it. If you're watching a ball game, and they hit a single, you're like, yeah, that's a good hit. They hit a double, you get a little bit more excited. They hit a triple, you get a little bit more excited. But when they hit a home run, what do you do? Man, you get excited. And if you're part of the team, if you're part of the household, this is what you do. You go out and you stand by home plate. And when the guy that hit the home run comes by, you give him high fives. In our churches, we need to give him Jesus high fives. We need to be praising him for home runs in our lives. Well, see, the home runs is we're not only just flat. The home runs is when you acknowledge what God has done in your life. So let's get back to the church. We have a God that wants to hit home runs in our lives. Do we make the noise that he is a home runner here in our lives? Do we give him praise? Now let me share with you, the noise can also be quiet. You may say, wait a minute, you just don't need to make some noise. I love noise. I love excitement. But I also realize the noise can be quiet. The noise may be walking around the church and praying. It's noise about God. But it's still quiet. The noise may be inviting someone to church. And I love this because we have someone standing in our parking lot that I went out there and talked with. And he said, I a afraid I'm trying to recruit. It's It's noise. God, but it's quiet noise. The noise can be quiet by telling someone about Him. I want to share with you a story that was about God, but it was quiet this past week. I had a gentleman call me and he started asking about the parking lot. He said the parking lot has cracks in it and it needs to be sealed or it's going to get worse. I agreed the whole time I was thinking, how are we going to pay for this? How is this going to take place? Then he responded, I'm taking care of all of it. I'm taking care of all of it. I'm paying for it. But this is where the noise that was so quiet was such an example of God in his life. He told me on the phone, he said, but this is the conditions. I'm thinking, oh, good. We got conditions. Yeah, that's not something you want to hear. But this was his condition. No one can know where it came from. Amen. The noise was quiet. But it was praising. It was praising God for what God has done in his life. See, the question is, what noise can we make about Jesus being in the house? We're going to start coming back and coming back strong with our Bible studies. With our small groups. I want to start a small group where we will meet at Dairy Queen. I'm in! Got point. We might meet at Dairy Queen on Wednesday at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm out! <laughs> Doing things. See, a group doesn't have to be 20, 25, or 30. A group could be somebody that loves golf and say, Hey, meet me at the golf course at 5 p.m. Jerry, can make that one. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and, and just have a devotion. We have a, now you can walk this and at three laps, you have a mile. It might be that you call up some friends. But what we want to know is when you do these small groups, let us know about it. My son goes to a small group every Wednesday evening. There's not but five in there. And he said five people? But this church has probably hundreds of those five people groups. Amen. And they're building relationships. There's a book I want to start going through. It's called The Starfish Movement. That's where it be one of our study books if you're in my group. And if you look at the starfish, it's really kind of amazing. Because a starfish can reproduce itself. And I want to share with you a story. There was a a fishing village in Australia. And they faced a crisis that the starfish population was exploding. It was taking over the inlet and it was destroying the corn. So some men got together and they said, you know what? We can kill the starfish. So what they did, they got together, they died down. And they started cutting the starfish and just laying them on the floor. Of the ocean. And as they cut the starfish and they laid it, they thought, our problems have been solved. But the starfish can reproduce itself. When you cut it into two, it makes two. And that's what this book is about. Getting more people involved in the church. In other words, dividing up and conquering. And that's what Jesus did. You know, He sent out the 12, then He sent out two by two. Jesus said, I'm sending you out. So we're going to start doing things now that we're coming back and we're going to start multiplying and reaching Him and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we have something to make noise about. But it's good noise. I hope you're on this journey with me. It's going to be amazing. I promise you. Maybe you have a gift of doing something. You say, I can share this with someone else. Invite them. Share it. And then allow them to use that gift in the church. The starfish in This morning, first and foremost, what do you want from God? Hopefully salvation is the first and most important. And if that's the case, I'll be glad to introduce you. I always want to share that with you. Because you do have a participation. Oh, Lord. You was born with one. You? you was born with one that says you're going to participate in the day. Nobody has hands or buts. And I won't apologize but you know what? You can have another participation in the Or Jesus that says, you can be in my house. Amen. And you can be with me. Or maybe this morning, you need to give some noise to God for what He's doing in your life. And maybe this morning, don't take it the wrong way, but maybe this morning, you need to put your big boy pants on and say, you know what? It ain't about me. It ain't about my feelings. It's about you. Amen. And maybe this morning, you know someone that's feeling that way. I can't go to church. It hurt my feelings. Get over it and tell them to do. God's Spirit. Whatever your need is this morning, this is your time. But in the weeks and the months to come, we're going to start making some noise. Some quiet noise and some loud noise. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, we love you, we give you the praise for all that you do. And Father, it is about you and you only. Father, we do thank you that we have a church that loves one another. We thank you for the fellowship here. But Father, we know there's people in our church that's been offended, that's been upset. And Father, sometimes it's okay. But we don't leave it anymore. We move beyond it. Because it's about Him. Bless this invitation. Bless it with your presence. For it's your sweet and heavenly name that we pray. Amen. Please stand for the invitation. to our deacons, to our church and everything and when you catch hold of all of this you don't realize it's time to make some noise so if you want to come to be part of it because you have a talent whatever that talent is you can share it with someone and bring them into the kingdom of god and everything it's going to be amazing please come if you want to we would love to have you let us pray father we thank you we love you and father we ask for your blessing upon us as we leave and we go to sunday school. Father, lead, guide, and direct us through this week. And Father, we pray for Thursday. Father, we pray for our church council meeting Thursday at 6, that you will be there, Lord. That you will give guidance and direction in every avenue of this church in our lives. That, Father, we catch on fire and we make some noise about you. That people will hear, not about what Bradley's doing, but what about your doing in our church through us and using us. So, Father, bless us with that presence, and again, Lord, we thank you for today, and we thank you that we make noise in this church. Father, let us continue to make the noise that brings honor, praise, and glory to you, which your sweet and heavenly name that we pray, and all God's children said, Amen. Amen.